As tributes go, Juan Estrada and Roman Gonzalez could not have scripted it any better. As Marvin Hagler, one of the original four kings, sadly passed away, two modern-day greats delivered another super flyweight thriller. This time, it was Estrada who won by decision to level his rivalry with Chocolatito just hours after Hagler's wife announced the middleweight legend had died aged 66. Welcome to After the Bell Fighting's boxing show, coming to you this Sunday morning after another bona fide classic in the 118-pound division. My name is Martin Dolman, editor of Mirror Fighting. I'm joined by former world champion Barry Jones and by boxing journalist Declan Taylor. We are live, we are interactive, so please do get involved. Share your thoughts. On, on, that, that, last... on that point, mate, can I just say, first of all, congratulations. That was the first opening to this show that you've done without messing up. <laughs> with, with no no hiccups on the video, no nothing. It was very smooth, and I think we should point that out. So, congratulations, well done. It's only taken about two years. <laughs> well, that's very kind. Uh, I disagree, but uh, who who am I to argue? I mean, you could have let me finish. Nah, nice. I needed to, I needed to interject there. I had to get that off my chest early. But go on, Kevin. Yeah, as, as I was saying. Um, <laughs> Before we turn to, to last night's action and the judging controversy, unfortunately, which did indeed uh, result in victory for, for Juan Estrada, we, shall, we should reflect on Marvin Hagler. Barry, I want to put this as politely as possible. If any of us can remember Hagler fighting, it would be yourself. And even then, it's barely, you know, we're talking a few no. years. But t- well, when we mention Marvin Hagler, what comes to mind? Greatness, and it does greatness, and, and he was just. But see, we, we all remember how on the top of your head is the, the pressure, the relentless, how much of a, how much of an, an animal he could be. But he was a sublime boxer. He really was. You know, he was a converted southpaw, but he could box the other way just as just as fluently, which he showed throughout his career. He was just great to watch, and also he had one of those things that he had gifts from God, and one of the gifts from God was a chin like no other. No, there was few boxers who had the chin of Marvin Hagler. Ironically, because um, another podcast, I won't mention it, they were mentioning Hagler because it was the anniversary of, of, of one of his fights. So I watched, there might be the Mugabe fight. So I watched John Mugabe the other day. And the uppercut he gets caught with, that literally spins his head. He, he almost headbutts the floor from the back. That's how powerful that uppercut was. And he didn't even blink. And you just think, forget about the rest of the fight. That alone just is like, how can that? And Mugabe, by the way, no, no, he was no Barry Jones. He could punch as, as, as good as anybody. And it, it was just like, how could you take that? And a guy who looks so much bigger than you and can hit hard and was at his peak with Mugabe at the time as well. And he just walked right through it and then walked right through him in the end and, and everything about that. See, I was a Sugar Ray Leonard fan. Like, he was like my god growing up. That age, you know, I was a young, I was a young like just before my teens and, and into my teens so he was flash everything well Ray Leonard was what you wanted to be but I've always said that my dad always like Hagler and Duran were the, were the ones who my dad preferred and you sort of think the older you were the more you appreciated how good Duran uh, Hagler was and he was a great and to, and to, to go so young and everything about Hagler not just the way the way he was outside the ring he was honest no he was a, when he was nasty he made you know he was he was nasty but he wanted the private life, he, and he wasn't all about the, you know, the being the flash and the arrogance and stuff like that. And and you, as a professional, you love that about him. And yeah, it's a it's a huge it's a huge loss to our sport. One of the biggest losses to our sport. Let's be honest. 
certainly is, and seems to have come by surprise. I, I don't think there are many details. As I said, Hagler's wife said he did pass away unexpectedly. Declan, of course, this week there was a lot of talk about the four super flyweights and the, the incredible fights they've delivered. There's some premature talk about the four lightweights, which we may never fight each other uh, in, a, in any sort of round-robin tournament, never mind once or twice. But the, the four kings of the 80s are a sort of signalling post, really, for any boxing fan. And, and just really, this is not meant to be glib, just what boxing should be about, right? The best fight and the best on numerous times. Yeah, and you're right there because what you say about age, because I was I was born like a month after that Leonard fight. So I never, you know, I was, wasn't even alive when he was boxing. But anyone who's, who's into boxing or, you know, likes it now knows all about these guys, particularly Hagler and Leonard Duran and Hearns, because that is just a sort of reference point. And you're right that it's all premature. We're talking about it now at Lightweight. But it's more that there's just a yearning, isn't there? There's a yearning to, to have that sort of, um, those rivalries and that those sorts of fights that don't take two years to marinate and don't fall out of bed and don't you know have hiccups because of contracts and stuff. It's more about they all want to fight each other, so they all did. Um, Hagler was, I don't know, he was sort of. It came a bit late for him, you know. He he was he was undefeated for eight years and you know undisputed middleweight champion, but he always carried that sort of chip on his shoulder that he was always overlooked for years and years until he got his. So he got his shot and obviously got a draw in his first time in, in his first world title fight. And then he beat Minter over here. Um, but just an unbelievable career and one that I was not alive for. But because of how great he was, you've got no choice but to go and watch this and appreciate it. And, and like Barry said, the John McGarvey fight was 35 years ago this week, 35 years. And it's still, for me, that's my favourite of the Hagler wins, his last win and his penultimate fight. Um, but I always appreciated... And I always like to use it as a reference point, the way that he went out of boxing. He just moved, he moved to Italy and he never he never came back. And there was no, there was none of that for him. And, you know, privately, maybe it was far more difficult than that. And But the idea that he went out, he, he got, you know, he felt he got robbed in the last fight and he, he just went, fine, that's, I'm not, you know, that's me done and went and enjoyed his life. And you, I saw a lot of him in Vegas, actually. It doesn't happen so much now, but when Mayweather was boxing, it would bring out all of the, all of the big names and, he always seemed like the healthiest and the brightest and certainly the happiest to talk to people. And it was amazing to be able to go and to interview him and sort of just see him about and living his life. Um, and he was just su such a sort of honest guy. I remember there's my favorite story about him is the, the Bob Aaron one where apparently like a year after the, the Leonard fight, he was at a dinner and Ray Leonard had gone to Bob Aaron. Um, Marvin Hagler's over there. Why don't we, why don't we try and get a rematch on? And Aaron, Aaron went over to Hagler and Hagler just said, tell him to get a life. And he just, you know, he, he'd moved on. He was in Italy, he was doing acting. He was like, I'm not interested. I'm not, that's fine. I've done my bit. I've done my thing for the sport and now I'm living my life. And that, that's such a, such a great way to, to sort of bow out. But he had it the hard way. He, he did a proper apprenticeship. That's why it took yeah. so long. Because that's what it was. And you had a few losses and he avenged a couple and, and, and it took his time, you know, and, and that's how it used to be back then. You, you, it wasn't like, the early nineties where you'd have you could have thirty fights undefeated against nobody and then get chucked in. He had some hard, really hard tests and had to do the circuit. Whereas obviously Leonard, not and so did Duran, of course, but with Leonard and, and Hearns a little bit had the not the easy one an easy ride. They had a tough ride, but I mean relatively speaking to compared to his, they had the back of them TV from day one. So you know they were pushed from the offset and he had to wait for them to come up to him. That was the issue. He had no 
He had no other stars around him. He had good fighters around him who were good fight, who were really good fighters in any other era. They were dominant, but they were they were just uh, without Hagabina, they were dominant. But you know, he just didn't have the superstar name, so they were all at welterweight and lightweight. And when they come up, then he, he obviously, except for, except for Leonard, of course, he um, he flourished with that. Absolutely, as we say, our thoughts and prayers with the Hagler family today. Turning back to last night, Wanishara did come out on top, a split decision victory over Roman Chocotito Gonzalez, one one five, one one three. 113-115, and then rather wide, 117-111. First of all, you know, 2,500 punches were thrown. I think 800, almost 800 of them landed. It was billed as being a, you know, a guaranteed classic. It produced the goods. I had it seven rounds to five to uh, Gonzalez, so I guess 115-113. Gents, first of all, how did you score it? How, you know, what, what did you think of the fight? I had it 116-112 to Gonzalez. There was a few cl- they were close rounds, so you could you you could you couldn't really scream up that Estrada got the win. But there was enough clear rounds for Gonzalez to really to, to make that 117-111 laughable. Now in a close fight, sometimes a scorecard like that is not so outrageous as it sounds because every round can be so close that you can almost impossible to pick a winner. But I thought even though every round was hugely competitive, there were enough rounds there that you could pick a winner. And certainly for Gonzalez, you could pick a winner for enough rounds to, to make that card you know, just ridiculous. But what a fight. And what a tribute to Marvin Hagler, by the way. You know, if, you know, what a fight to, to honour his memory. That was the one because it was just unbelievable. And I picked the strategy to win. I thought Gonzalez was maybe, forget about the two losses, just the, how long he's been professional and the way he fights. Even though he's, he was one of my favourite fighters, by the way, I, I literally love the man. It's ridiculous. Like I, I, it's a it's a crush of, of, of and it's a crush that I am that my missus is jealous of. That's how bad it is. And but I still thought maybe this shape is Korean or good Australia looked the last time and a natural size might be that Australia comes on strong at the stretch. It actually didn't quite work that way. But I still thought Gonzalez won. So I picked the right winner, but I think it it was the wrong winner that was awarded the fight, to be honest. Declan, I mean one one seven, one 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 as Barry said, it's just it's just really disappointing. You know, we, we've talked about it so many times uh, and it was not a fight that deserved such a wide margin on one of the cards. Yeah, it was, a, it was a stinker. I'm trying not to, I'm trying my best to just not let that always be the first thing that I think of in these fights because it happens every week and it takes away from that. That was about as good as it gets, wasn't it? Like just sitting there watching that last night, it was like, this is, this is the pinnacle. And if, you know, anyone who doesn't like boxing and says, so what, you know, what's, the, what's the score with this sport? What, you know, what's it all about? Go and watch that. It was just the skill, but not just the skill, but the at the same time, the pressure and the aggression, all of it combined, especially with Gonzalez. Like I had him 115-113 winner, reasonably comfortable winner, actually. I didn't think it was, you know, it could have gone either way, but I, I didn't feel like, I was pretty confident he was going to get a decision at the end, but... Um, I mean, a bit of a shame for him, but um, it's, uh, he's so gracious in his defeat as well, which also is always so nice to see. Um, yeah, the, the, that score was strange. You just sort of think, you just sort of think, what what are they watching? But like Barry says, there are, there were enough rounds there where I felt he definitely won the first one, and then Gonzalez just sort of seemed to hit his straps and just sort of was was racking him up in close rounds and he was getting caught a lot but I thought the, the work was always hit like the cleaner work in every round almost was always his um in a close fight I thought he won comfy it's a, it's a shame he didn't what I hope that does though is set up 
the rematch, which hopefully won't take nine years this time. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then we get to see it again because it's one of those. And Martin, you said before we, we started and um, Eddie Hearn said in the week, if this is not entertaining, I'm going to retire. It's one of those which is just guaranteed to work, to gel, because style-wise, they're perfect for each other. The, the things that Gonzalez does well, just um, Estrada also likes to work in those sorts of patterns as well. So it's just, it, it's going to work every time. So they could just fight each other forever now, and it's going, it's going to work. But I would think that we'll get a third one. Um, and... I don't know. It's it's difficult to say. I thought I thought Estrada was going to win before because I thought it might have just a bit a bit late for Gonzalez because he's obviously been going so long. He had two heavy. Well, he had two defeats. One of them very heavy. He obviously came back from that, but you just don't know what toll that takes. And Estrada looked like he was absolutely flying. Um, I'd pick Gonzalez in a rematch, I think, but who knows? I, I just hope they get it on quick. I guess they will because apart from Sorongva side, there's nowhere else for them to go at the moment, which is what is different to how it has been for the last eight slash nine years. So. Hopefully, what this means is that we get we get the rematch. So that might be a sort of silver lining on on that dodgy scorecard. The worry for me, the worry for me is that Gonzalez goes on too long because I thought he's he's on the tail end of his career now. There's a three year different gap between them. Three years is not a lot, but at that weight, it is. And and the way the way he fights, even though he slipped a lot of shots, just the energy he puts into the fights, which means all that energy, how much he must have, he must train in his camps and the sparring he must have. It has an accumulative effect over your life, and, and I think I don't want to see him. This is his skills and his energy levels deter deteriorate enough that he ends up being a shadow of the fight of the years. Because because it, it, mm. it can happen overnight. A lot of fighters will tell you that we've gone on too long. They've been great in the gym, and then they turned up for the fight, and they just didn't have it. And that's the worry that if, like Declan said, you no, know, if that third fight can happen quick, I'm all for it. If if it takes another couple of years, I'd rather see Gonzalez. And no one wants to finish on a defeat, but his legacy is intact now. I don't want to see him go through the. No, he can only fight one way, and why would he need to fight any other way? He's so good at it. But then, if if he's not as good fighting that way, he's just walking into punches, and that's the worry. Though I think, you know, I think with, with Gonzalez is very his, his time scale, his timeline is is very short now. I think. I thought I was in the same boat, and I thought that we would get in there with the Sorangvasai fight, particularly the first one, because he hadn't looked great up at Superfly, and I thought, okay, maybe he's one of those guys who's going to end up getting beaten by size. On that night at MSG, I actually picked Sorong Vasai for that reason, because he was just a bit longer. Another amazing fight. Um, a lot of people thought that he should, he should have got the decision. Very, you know, But then the second one, it was like, okay, well, that, you know, that's that sealed then. So the way that he's come back from that, to be fair, and had this Indian summer, similar in a way to sort of the Manny Pacquiao after the... Marquez knockout, you know, that he, he wasn't finished by that and he's got plenty left in the tank. But now we've got to think, OK, this, this Indian summer, so to speak, what can't go on. But I think he showed enough last night for me anyway in winning the fight that there's definitely a rematch in him. Um, but you're right. What else is there for him to to prove at this point? Because, you know, maybe, I mean, in, a, in an ideal world, he goes and wins the rematch and then he, he beats, he, he has a Rungvisai rematch and he finally beats him in the third attempt. Like, that would be that would be amazing. Boxing doesn't quite always work like that, but I, I wonder that whether that might be in his thinking. I mean, the only problem with the rematch is that Rungvisai is now mandatory for Estrada's WBC title. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, but I guess that wouldn't be... Even if Estrada was to, to lose to Rongvisai, let's say, I don't know, second half of this year, that gives Gonzalez some time out. 
and even if, as I say, even if he loses, you would still then see the trilogy. You still want to see the trilogy. Although I guess there'd be no belts on the line. Does that really matter? I'm not I really sure. But the WBC is a little bit more malleable than the others, aren't they? I think particularly from they're, they're happy to bow to pressure. They might be able to come with some sort of step aside. I'm sure they could get that. After what we saw last night and the slight controversy with it, I'm sure that contractually they could get the rematch done and nobody loses any belts and then the winner fights Sorung Vasai, for instance. I'm sure that could happen. With other sanctioning bodies, maybe not. And in other situations, maybe not. I just think this one, might we might be able to do that. But you're right, and it is a concern straight away. But Rungosai versus Ostad is a brilliant fight. And you know, yeah. the promoter and, and the zone's point of view, now they're all on that platform, is that then two fight. Then the winner fights Gonzalez. Then Gonzalez fights the other one again. Or the winner fights yeah. the other one again. So, you know, they can they can drag that on. And as boxing fans, if you don't care about the guy, if we don't take the fight as well being out, out of the equation for a minute. Selfishly, as boxing fans... Let's just watch them. Yeah. Bring Rodgers back in the mix. So he's still a good fighter. And let's just watch them fight. I, I could happily watch them for the rest of my life. How nice it is has it been though, a... We're talking about super flyweights though. And and that there's a yearning for it and there's a demand for it because it doesn't it, it's only happened the last few years it, to this extent. And yeah. you know, that it's it's amazing for that for you know for, for boxing fans that it's not just certain weight classes. We're all the way down at Superfly now. If you think about Gonzalez for a long, I mean, he's had fifty odd fights. He's still he's only thirty three. It's not as if he's super old, but it took him. It was a long time in his career before he even fought in America. Uh, never mind gained particular recognition, and then the super flies in particular when his name escapes me now. The, uh, the, pr- the promoter who basically set up the super flyweight uh, nights. That's the one. That's when it really sort of came into into the public's. Aye, and hopefully now that once we get proper crowds back, they can sort of have that final swan song, if you like. Why do you think it is, Barry, you are a, you were a, well, you're still a smaller fighter, but you were a smaller fighter. What is this? Why is it that every time there's a great fight between two small guys, we think this is great, there's, you know, that everyone's seeing this fight. Why is it always looked, looked down upon in a way? It's because people want to see people get knocked out and you see more of that in the bigger weights. So we're not talking about boxing fans here. We're talking about... To broaden the sport, you're talking about genetic sports fans, so they want to see two big fellas battle each other. That's what no, they don't want to see the the beauty, the, the artistry of a lot of boxing. So that's why heavyweights always get paid the most money. And also, just bear in mind that when you see a great heavyweight fight, <clears throat> it's very hard to beat it. Sorry, <clears throat> it's very hard to beat it. That's just the truth. Or a super middleweight, you know, when you see them guys go at it because they have the power as well, and and you can speak it, even though they have the power down at like a, like super fly fly feather whatever it is. It's different when you see two bigger guys doing the same thing, and you know. It, so it's that's just human nature. That's how it is. I don't, it's hard. Like this is not a dig at somebody, but say Derek Chisora, for instance, is in more than all those 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 super flyers put together. It just beggars belief, like in in the realm of ability and and, and accomplishment. That I'm not blaming him, and I'm, I'm happy for him. But I mean, just because he's a heavyweight and he's tough, he's in millions. And, and millions more than than Estrada and, and even though Gonzalez is in good money, you know he's not getting nowhere near what what Chisora will get if he fights if he fights Parker this year sometime. And now, how can that be? That how can that be fair? But everyone's talking about women equality in women's sports and and equal pay, and that's of course a real issue and it should be dealt with. But it's equal pay throughout the weights if that if that's the case. But you're only worth what the market will pay, or people will come to see you, and people want to see big guys like batter each other. So when a Nazim Hammy comes along who's a, you know, an anomaly, to, if, if you like, 
to, to the rule, he had to have a gimmick as well. It wasn't just what he did in the ring. It was the way he spoke and the way he acted. Mayweather did the same. Mayweather, when Pretty Boy Floyd was the Olympic Olympic medalist and he, and he was phenomenal in the super featherweight and he was, no, he was brilliant. But he was never going to earn the money that he earned as 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 money Mayweather when he changed his persona. He interviewed the went through the weights and beat everyone at welterweight because he needed that, that something extra outside of the ring. The arrogance or the flash or whatever he, he already did he needed that to put him on. He sold himself that way. And, that, and so that's, but the heavyweights don't have to do that because they're big lumps who people like to see. And and it's, 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 it is why do people watch male, male football more than female football? I don't know why, but there's a reason for it. And 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 so you, you get paid what people watch. And that's just how it is. I, I, I don't like it. I think they should ban heavyweight boxing. Anyone over 12 stone shouldn't be allowed to box. And then we're all, and then, you know, I'm, I'm making a comeback. No, I wouldn't make, <laughs> Say that I'm, I'm probably over twelve stone. So anyway, this this change that rule. But then I, so I'm blabbing on. But that's just how it is. Well, you're, talk, you're talking yourself into a fight with Derek Chisora anyway. So I think you're <laughs> going to be uh, you're on the hit list straight away. So that'd be pay per view. So you better quick. He couldn't beat me. He couldn't hit me. He couldn't. He couldn't bend down far enough to, to catch me with any decent shots. That's the truth. But that's just how it is. I'm okay. And listen, you know that going as a boxer, you know that going in, and these little guys know that. So as much as you wish you were bigger and getting more money there. They're fine with it. It's just that's how life is. You just get on and move on, don't you? I listen. I love a, a heavyweight knockout as much as anyone else. And, and listen, but that's not there are of course some very skilled heavyweights. But the way I look at boxing is, my boxing ability is very, very minimal. So if I see fighters who have got extreme ability, that's more exciting to me because I, I know how hard it is, or I can imagine how hard it is to get to that level. I'm not saying it's easy to knock people out. Of course it's not. But just the level of skill we saw for 12 rounds, there were periods where they just did not take a second break. That, for me, uh, is much more about what boxing's about, if you like. Yeah, but it's not... It, it, I understand that, but then... See, um, see Billy Joe Saunders, for example, he's got, he's got a fight coming up. He's beautiful to watch. But he's been criticised because sometimes he just does enough... Because he's so good, that he, that, and he's so clever... That he almost will, will not switch his brain off and always just does enough and never takes a risk. And why should he? So some of his fights haven't been great. And there's many other fighters like that. Joe Calzaghi did at the time. So just did, could, why do I need to take a risk? I'll just keep doing this. And, and you're that good. But then you, you know, even as a boxing fan, you get frustrated because you think, well, do more now, do more. And that's sometimes the crossover between being a very, very good fighter and a great fighter. Lennox Lewis, in stages of his career for Emmanuel Stewart, as good as he was and as dangerous as he was. If he, was in a, if he was up against someone who was dangerous as well, he would just pepper him with the jab and, that, and he would just do enough to... And some of his fights weren't great. It was only when he when he switched his brain off sometimes and engaged when when we seen the greatness of him. And Leonard Leonard's the perfect example of that. A beautiful boxer who could just dance around and beat anyone. But, you know, but uh, at the point, he knew when to take that educated risk to sell himself to the public and, and step on the gas and, change, and go through the gears and look phenomenal and get the stoppage. Because ultimately, if you're going to... You know, as good as you are, you know, people want to see more people up until the up until the Fury comeback, more people would, would want to see Joshua than Fury. Forget who you think would win, more people would pay to go and see Joshua than they would see Tyson Fury because Ty, Ty, well Tyson Fury did a better job on Klitschko than, than Joshua did. But you'd rather see the Joshua Fury, the Klitschko fight again than the than the than the, than the Fury Klitschko fight because he, he stood him on his head, but it wasn't great to watch. To be honest, as a, spe- as a spectacle, it was it was great to watch how good he how good he controlled a, a guy who was so dominant. 
but he had to be he had to use his skills and be quite negative so that doesn't sell unfortunately and that's why so a lot of the lighter guys of course we have to do that more than the other guys because even if you have power it's not the same they were not we're not 15 stone like punching holes in walls even if you can punch for your weight on, on the flip side though what it does sometimes lead to i mean this point is not a great one because it took eight nine years for the rematch to happen but it's a bit like in women's boxing where these guys don't make massive money in average fights, whereas at heavyweight, you can make massive money at average fights. And we saw it, particularly with Joshua, that he would make 20 million boxing Povetkin, or he could make like 30 million boxing Wilder in a unification or 20, whatever it might be. And he's like, well, I might as well just fight this guy yeah, then because yeah. I'm going to get paid this much less risk. Whereas in the lower weights, and you you go, right, well, I need to, I need to have a fighter that people are interested in. So I have to go and fight one of the champions. I have to go and fight Quadras. I have to go, you know, so that leads to these great fights happening. And it's the same with wounds boxing in that Katie Taylor, we've seen her box pursuing twice, the name that everyone wanted her to see. In men's boxing, that might have dragged on for years, but yeah, we've had it yeah. twice, you know, and she's a unified champion for that because you have to go for the fights that people want to see. There's no other option. So in a perverse sort of way, it does help, you know, it, it's, a, it's a sort of benefit to boxing fans as well in that sense, just... You mentioned Carlos Quadras. He, he is that fourth member of the, the quartet. Lost to Estrada last time. Barry, are we just fortunate that we have four super flyweights who are whose styles gel at this time, at this point in time? Is that or, or over the last ten years really? Are we just fortunate they've all come along at the same time and they produce these great fights? Of course you are. I think it's just lucky or unlucky, depending on you look. I mean, as fans, we're lucky, but as them individuals, they're lucky to look back and go, we like like the like the Lenners and Hearns and Hagglers, and we were in a Durans, we were in an era of like just four great fighters all close to fight each other. But there's a flip side of that because you could have been so dominant and you'd have been the superstar in your weight. Like Gonzalez would never got beat, would he? Ever. He'd be on he'd be on 75 and 0 now or something silly like that, because he the fight the fellas would just always be beneath him. And or Australia might be the same, you know. All these people would they be all possibly undefeated? They're that good, but to meet each other, yeah, it's just pure luck. And it don't happen every cycle of of a, of a career. It, it it misses a few, and then you get it. So yeah, they they'd be lucky. They look back and they'll just think how lucky they were because they're going to be remembered for their association with each other. Gonzalez is always going to be thought at the top of the tree, of course, and rightly so, but. He will he will drag those other those other three guys with him as well. Certainly, Estrada and, and Rungvasai will be dragged along with him more than Quadras, unfortunately. And as 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 a great as a great era of, of the of the lighter weights, and 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 that's good for that because that encourages other guys to want to get involved in it also. You say that even though Rungvasai has his, his two victories over Gonzalez. Yeah, but the but the whole body they work all together for, for me. <laughs> but I'm I'm biased. I. I <laughs> but I think I'm one of the best in my job and not being trying not to be biased trying not to be biased it don't always work but when Gonzalez is involved I find it very difficult not to think oh, that he's just better than all the rest I do and I think him as like Declan already said earlier him going through the weights as he's done it and I don't think he needed to do it but he had to do it to find the other fights but to be fair Estrada when he boxed when he boxed he pretty much come down a weight to box Gonzalez to be honest so yeah you see, you just see the size difference on him, and I, and I was the worry for me was a while back with Gonzalez that it's just going through the weight will beat him in the end because you can keep boxing that way. The pressure because his his physical presence intimidates you, but the bigger you get, that doesn't work. 
because you're not you're not that physical presence. So yeah, and that, and that's what that's what happens at the end. You keep going up and going up, and you find your ceiling, and it's no good. And yeah, and only a clever fighter will think that's my ceiling. I don't go and and, and but he needs the he needs the money and needs to pick, look for those challenges. So I think if Rungvasai if that was down at light fly or, or fly, then I don't think he beats him. But hmm. we can say that. No, that's all theoretical, of course. But yeah, even though he's beat him, I still put. Uh, and the body in their work and at the end of their careers Gonzalez would be thought of more than well look at this not that everyone's pound, pound for pound list which is which I'm not a real fan of but Estrada's like in their top 10 but if but, but where's Rungvasai no one mentions him do they no I didn't hear his name mentioned it's a bit like um, it's a bit like Tommy Hearns and Roberto Duran Tommy Hearns absolutely poleaxed Duran when they fought but who who had the greater body of work who's the greater fighter there it's you know, Duran had come up, so he was obviously up against yeah, it against Hunt. Yeah. So it's a similar sort of, similar sort of thing. Well, a modern thing for a modern right for right now, Crawford is above Her Errol Spence in the pound for pound list. I would thought whether in the top 10, 5, 15, or whatever, he goes above Spence in my mind. But at welterweight, I think you've got to put Spence above Crawford mm. again for his body of work at that particular weight. But then overall, you think Crawford is. Pound for pound, a better fighter than than Al Spence. Even if Al Spence can beat him, just because what he's done at, at lightweight and, and obviously at, at, at super lightweight and not welterweight, so you have to put him maybe above him. So, yeah, that's why pound for pound lists are garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. like like, like Compubox. Well, the Compubox stats last night were very impressive. Well, no, it's interesting. It's, it, it's, it's really interesting, and, and and it is interesting to see it, but it's not accurate. And it's not a true reflection on the fight. Otherwise, it's computer scoring. You know, so you can and you can use people use uh, um, punch stats for their narrative. That's all they do. I understand the ball. It's nice to see it, but only after the fight. It's nice to see it. So for this, for a rough guide, because who's scoring the punches and who's saying if that that's a power punch? You're not taking it. You know, is a jab a power punch? Is it, has he got to knock the head back to be a power shot? You know I think I mean? they do. I think they do it. Anything that isn't a jab counts as a power shot. So a massive right hand on the button is the same as a little, you know, a scuffing body shot or something like that. They just, that counts as power. So you're well, right. I'm a power, the, I'm the a power puncher then. Yeah. <laughs> you I, were, threw more, I threw more right hand leads than anyone I know in my career. I used to flick a right hand all the time from, a, from an orthodox stance. I was a jabber, but I'd always flick the right hand out on its own. But there was nothing on my punches. Yeah, that would have counted as a power punch with CompuBox. Oh, well, I love CompuBox. <laughs> oh dear on that note Barry Power Puncher Jones Declan yeah. I don't have a written name for you I'm afraid Taylor thank you for your time we'll be back next week with reaction to Lonzo Coley's much delayed world title fight against Christoph Lovacki that is in London we'll be back on Sunday morning to take you through that one until then take care and thank you for joining us